Welcome to Authorized, a podcast where we incredulously read the novelization of any film fortunate enough to have one. Novelizations are not doing so much to plus up the story of a film, either in their full form or junior novelization. And the thing is, if ever a movie needed some in-depth plot explanation, for me, it's this one. We'll get into it. I don't really know why the villains are doing what they're doing. Novelizations should clear up the murky, confusing loopiness of a fun film, but instead they murk and confuse in their own right. We are your hosts, a loose coalition of novelization enthusiasts. My name is Andrew Overby. And I'm Hannah Blackman. Charlie's Angels Full Throttle is a 2003 action comedy directed by McGee. It is the sequel to 2000's hit Charlie's Angels and follows the continuing adventures of Alex, Natalie, and Dylan, three hottie women who are in almost every way secret agents, save for the fact that they work solely for an anonymous individual known as Charlie Townsend, the last name Townsend. Never really forget. important that we set that up now. I think yeah. their tax forms probably <laughs> say that they are private investigators. Mm, mm-hmm. But also they kick crazy butt. When coded rings containing the identities of every American in witness protection fall into the wrong hands, the angels must don many disguises and dally in many sports in order to thwart an evil plan. What they may not be prepared for, however, is the way in which this quest will unmask alleged allies, as well as uncover the secrets of one of their very own. There were two novelizations of Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. The full novelization was written by Emma Harrison from a story by John August and was released by Simon Pulse in 2003. And the junior novelization was written by David Levithan from a story by John August. Same story. And published by Aladdin Paperbacks (laughs) in 2003. Did you notice how in the intro I was like, the, the part I wrote for you that I was like, they have to stop this secret evil plan because that I, I don't, don't understand. fucking know what it is. <laughs> well, I'm sure Rebecca and I can explain it to you. Maybe. We'll see. Yes. Yeah, speaking of Rebecca, who is here, yeah, our... Sorry. No, no, it's great. It's great. Uh, our guest today, host of the Classroom Crush podcast, also former host, but maybe future host, you know, all things are ethereal, of the podcast Jacking Off. Rebecca Bolnes, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm great. Um, I'm <laughs> jacking off. <laughs> That's me. I would. I have to say co-host because oh. we cannot even, you know, not mention the name Richie. I'm not jacking off alone, folks. I'm jacking off with my friend Richie, and we are jacking off about Jack Black. Um, I'm good. I finished this novelization approximately hour ago you know mm-hmm. i i crammed it like high school um and it felt right it felt right mm-hmm. to me um but yeah it's cold it's finally cold here in new york city and that sucks <laughs> <laughs> this kind of uh brings an era of me booking podcast guests that i've really enjoyed to an end uh not not ones that i've enjoyed but an era <laughs> i've enjoyed which is okay which is that uh, we are, and I guess I'll cut this if it like doesn't happen, but we are having Richie on for Spider-Man 3 in like oh, two amazing. months. Oh, amazing. 
And oh, perfect. I've really enjoyed reaching out to podcast guests and saying I'm a huge fan of jacking off. And I'd yeah, love it if you came on my podcast. <laughs> I think that's so great. You're going to have so much fun. Richie's truly one of the absolute best that there is. <laughs> that's There's nothing else to say. Can't even joke about it. It's just true. He's the best. <laughs> Rebecca, you, uh, when I when I cold reached out to you, you chose Charlie's Angels Full Throttle off of yes, a I list did. of maybe 250 available novelizations. Uh, what's mm. your relationship to these uh, frankly, very charming ladies. These sexy, sexy ladies, we can say it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like any girl who, or not girl, anyone, like anyone with taste, I guess I'll specify, <laughs> maybe around the age of 26, 27, um, you know, you saw these women and you said, this is what, like, life, this is life. This is life on the, on the screen this is a life that i would love to be living and in that and that life is really just being like hot and cool <laughs> and multi-talented and like girly friends you know that's great i i this is just like you know one of i preferred this one to the first i think because of how horny it is it's really horny when you see it at a certain time it's like it's very much ingrained it's burned into my memory it's one of those movies that i've seen so many times that like i know the beats you know mm -hmm. in me um and yeah i don't i simply don't think they make them like this anymore they really don't they don't though. they hands down do not <laughs> they can't they're not allowed and it's a shame Wait, this is a straight up rude thing to ask, but you're not like 52. What do you mean you saw the movie when you were 27? No, if you're like, tw like I'm 27 now. Oh. So if you're <laughs> like, if you're 27 now, if you're around that age now, gotcha. and then you were of a younger age when these gotcha. movies came out, that's. <laughs> I thought you were like, like everyone, I wandered into a movie theater in the year 2000 when I was 27. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> I wonder, honestly, I'd probably be better off for it because the thing is with having movies like this of this era being like formative it's like absolutely damaging totally like <laughs> um the sexualization of everything is both what makes you like i have to be watching this 24 7 and also what eventually kills you <laughs> um, must really be as sexy as like lucy lou flipping her hair that way like no that, exactly i'm like i'm watching these tummy. women Literally, I'm like, these are the most beautiful people that exist in the world, you know? And I look nothing like them. <laughs> I'm also a child, but I know that I will never look anything like them. <laughs> um, so yeah, double-edged sword, double-edged sword for sure. <laughs> I uh, just watched these films for the first time. Uh, so crazy I, to me. What's that? Like, what? That's so crazy to me. <clears throat> well, you know what really turned me off of them was... Uh, somewhat frequent guest of the podcast Annie Ulrich my childhood friend she mm -hmm. loved these films she was like obsessed with these films when we were kids she was like you know you have to check them out but the thing that she would always describe to me because I was a typical boy who liked Back to the Future was mm. she was like Crispin Glover plays this guy <laughs> who rips people's hair out and loves to smell it yeah, he does. Yeah, There's so he does. There's so many other ways to pitch these two young Definitely. boys. Definitely. Especially for you, yeah. 
There's a bur- there's a full on burlesque show. There's like- a part where they jump out of a statue and all three of them are buck ass nude. <laughs> like when that happened, by the way, I was like, why do they need to be? Because know. they can, because they can, because they have flawless bodies that <laughs> that resembles beautiful statues of art. Statues of art, art statues. <laughs> they are art statues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to be naked inside this Trojan horse just in case they have clothes. And it's for detectors. like forty seconds too. It's so sick. It's for like no, like there's literally. The, the only reason it exists is because they were like, what if the, na- the ladies were like naked? We're doing a lot of like stuff where they're camouflaged somehow into something. And what if it was they were naked? Like <laughs> it's just for like two and seconds and that's clothes. it. And where do those clothes come from? It doesn't right? matter. <laughs> the makeup's all gone. <laughs> okay. Uh, on the record, I... Yes. I I find the women attractive, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's getting ready, y'all. Okay. So I've said it. But there is something a little uh, disturbing about these films to me, and is specifically the way they're like, Cameron Diaz, she's so sexy. Look at her. Woohoo. And then they're yeah. also kind of doing the, like, she's kind of a little girl stuff, like with her, like, Spider-Man oh, underwear sure. and stuff. Yeah, definitely that. (laughs) There's like a double-edged situation here where it's like, these are sexy adult women who want to fuck you. And they're your sister growing up. And they're your daughter. And they're stupid, but they're so smart. It's just like, and they're best friends with each other, but we promise they're not lesbians. But what if they are? Actually, this is like dripping in in lesbian, like fucking energy. Like this is like the... This is one of the first iterations I feel like of a queer bait, you know, before we even knew what that was. Um, but like, you get to the end of this movie, you're like, there's kind of no reason for Dylan to start dating girls now. That feels like a better <laughs> choice for her, a happier right. situation. <laughs> I mean, and it's so funny too. Like, the infantilization of them is like that a beginning I mean frankly iconic montage that's like here's all of them it's like well but they're also they're 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 the grown women that they are just playing like like Lucy Lou gymnastics and like and Natalie is like uh is a mascot and stuff but they're just like they're still like sex you know what I mean it's it's like let's look at them playing themselves younger but they're also very sexualized you know yeah the fact that the intro which i'm sure is from the tv show is like there were once three little girls and aren't they sexy? yeah now they're sexy women too now they're sexy they're women <laughs> now they do it <laughs> <laughs> and they use that to their advantage their womanly wiles <laughs> this is really causing me to realize that like the the reason that I'm most into the Lucy Liu character, I think, is because Mm -hmm. that's the one character where they're like, this is like a grown woman, (laughs) right? Yeah, she's the serious one. she's sophisticated and unstoppable. (laughs) Exactly! Yes. Okay, but can I I pose a question to you, Hannah? Um, Yes. Just please uh, leave us alone for a second. No. Um, (laughs) I'm turning my camera off. um, So who were you growing up? (laughs) He turns the camera. hmm, Who were you like, I'm her. I'm her. Did you identify? I think probably, I mean, I think I most identify with like Drew Barrymore just as a person. And right, so right. I don't think I'm a Dylan in any capacity, but I was like, she's yeah. so cool. I wish I could be that like free spirited and fun and like right. sexy. But I was actually like a very like um, 
uptight child. Okay, okay. What so maybe you? giving more of an Alex. She was a little, she's the serious yeah. one. I was definitely like, um, I would say that I was like a Dylan, but I like wanted to be more like an Alex. And honestly, I probably presented more like a Natalie because I was very high energy and like, mm -hmm. quote unquote, bubbly. I hate that fucking adjective, but like it has been used on me. You know what I mean? Um, and I'm just realizing I'm like, this is this should be like the new astrology. It's like I'm a I'm a, I'm a I'm a, a Alex Moon. Um, I'm a Natalie past Natalie the Sex and the City girls. It's time to exactly. dip into Charlie's Angels. And, and I mean, this actually does apply to the film. Astrology will come up yeah. um, in a very, very integral way. <laughs> I'm back, by the way. I, I did some crunches. What would you guys talk about? But I actually do want to know who you actually seeing the films now. Who, which, who are you? Alex, Dylan, Natalie. Oh, yeah. I mean, we got to throw Alex out. That's not me at all. I feel like the reason I'm attracted to it is because, like, I want to be mommied, which, like, mommies yeah. want to be mommied. So, like, yeah, she's, that doesn't work. She, it's like that shot That shot at the end. Did you love that shot at the end where she cradles Jason up? I did. And she's like, yeah. we're back in the game. Yes. I mean, me too. Me too, girl. But you like that too. I can tell. I, I would say that... Uh, mostly I would be a Natalie aside from like Love the Spider-Man underwear touches. I feel especially okay, uh, he's uh, up until I was like 25. I was very much like, yeah, like very bubbly for a man, you know, right. a, a male presenting person and just like, woohoo, let's do it. Whatever. So I definitely think I'm a, a, a Natalie above all else. Well, congrats. Yeah. You get to get a dog with Luke Wilson. That's great. Yeah, I mean, congrats. You're a girl next we all door, want baby. This. Absolutely. <laughs> and the three of us uh, uh, complete the trifecta, which is yeah, incredible. Perfect. Perfect. We did it. <laughs> Hannah, you made an assertion. Actually, mm -hmm. I should ask you, Hannah, what's your yeah. relationship to this series? You ever seen these before? Yeah, I think I, I think I did, but so long ago that it's just like an imprint but then upon mm. rewatching and I was like, oh, yes, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it all comes back. It all comes back. Rushing. And I remember it. Not enough to tell you what's happening in the next scene, but enough to go <laughs> like, oh, yeah, 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 this outfit, you know, <laughs> it's the outfits. That's the thing. It's this movie is so and that's what's an interesting thing about reading these books, too, is like this movie particularly is Ah, come on. It's a visual feast. It's a visual feast. It's really it has sometimes I think maybe I'm giving it too much credit, but I'm like too striking for its own like this is a striking image why is it in charlie's angels full throttle i mean both of both of these movies are like so super saturated they're like yeah. very like pow pow stylistic posing yeah stuff they look great and movies look muddy now and it simply it's must so be said. true it really is it's it's a real thing i was just like this is candy right now <laughs> yeah. like fucking thank you there was some uh podcast recently i won't i won't start a feud with them uh, by by doxing uh -oh. them, but there was some podcast recently that said the Fablemans was bad because it looked like a Marvel movie, and I was like, these people haven't seen a bright movie in their entire lives. Yeah, <laughs> right. Seen <laughs> colors in their whole uh, lives, or contrast. Apparently, that's devastating. It's like, what's the movie? What's the, or not the movie? The book? What is it? The Giver? Oh yeah. We've all they've all been seeing black and white, and then they saw the Fablemans, and they saw color for the first time. <laughs> Did you ever read that book in school? <laughs> I had to. I loved it in a weird way. <laughs> I'm assuming that's a plot point, The Giver, that their, eye, their their actual vision changes. You're reading the book the whole time and you do not. They they always describe people's 
like eyes as light or dark uh-huh. but you don't kind of realize until at some point you're like oh wait actually this whole world has been black and white and now he's seeing color oh shit it's a metaphor <laughs> i don't know why i'm talking about the giver we can move on mm-hmm. <laughs> anyone in middle school listening to this is like yeah <laughs> 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 give her fucks all i know about that book is it has like an ambiguous ending and and for middle schoolers who are 12 or whatever they're always like my brain is exploding the ending i don't know what it means mm, yeah i i don't even remember it so most of me, <laughs> me i was mostly like the color stuff's cool <laughs> hannah back to the fight i was gonna start with you um you asserted that your novelization so for the listener mm-hmm. I read the full novelization. Rebecca and Hannah read the junior novelization. You said okay, this good. was by the Sixth Sense Secrets from Beyond guy, but I think that's not true. That's what the back of my It says it in says. the back. It says it in the back. It's the first credit he gives himself. It says David Levithan is the author of the Sixth Sense colon Secrets from Beyond series. So go screw. Okay, well, those books yeah. say David Benjamin on them. Well, didn't we discuss when we covered the Sixth Sense Secrets from Beyond that they were written under a pseudonym? Mm. I think we discussed that. And I'm right. Is that the pseudonym or is this the pseudonym? I think the other one's the pseudonym. I think this is his real. Because you know what I thought of when I saw that name? Levithan. And then I thought Leviathan. Mm -hmm. Like demon angel. That's what I. Demon angel. That would be a cool name to choose for yourself. That would be a cool name for a third Charlie's Angels movie. That is true. Mm-hmm. I'll make it. All right. Do you know the only real reason I know the term Leviathan is because of the show Supernatural? Oh, Rebecca. <laughs> it's just a true fact about me. A lady after my very own heart. <laughs> we'll talk later. <laughs> yes, please. There's a million Supernatural spinoff books if we ever want to do those. I've, I've read a lot of fan fiction, so <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty prepped and primed. <laughs> so what's the overall take what's the first impression rebecca when you're diving into this junior novelization of a film that you know and love how's the prose how's this thing hit you well immediately i'm hit by the honestly like unmovable wall of a problem for this book which is its sexlessness (laughs) because i really think like really the sexuality of the movie is 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 the movie it's integral to the jokes of the movie it's integral to like the style everything and it's the sort of thing that i'm like yeah when i grew up probably bad but i'm like i don't i don't know watching it now it's like the camp is there to me and it's like funny and i get it you know and this book can't do that like it doesn't it's it is it's very timid is what I was like my first impression. And like the Charlie's angels full throttle. I mean, it's full throttle, you know, it's not timid. It's very bold with everything it's doing. So that was like the first thing that I realized like, okay, this is going to be the tone funny to see how they will, you know, deal with certain plot points and certain characters and et cetera. That's my first impression when I started reading it. Yeah, I texted Andrew and I said, imagine if you will, if this movie had zero jokes and zero innuendo, that's the junior novelization. It's wild because it's also, it's just like, there's, I mean, 
there's additive things in the sense of like it tries to convey an, a rich internal life for Dylan specifically, <laughs> where it's like all of her sad moments are like, <sighs> she can't go back. She knows she can't. She remembers the times before things were simple then, you know, like that kind of, like, like dreary, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's very, very cautious. Also, the first thing that I, that really hit me was the tense of the writing. Do you know, like the <laughs> past tense writing of it was very clunky, clunky for me the whole way around like she stepped down onto the ledge and then it flew and like i i was do you know what i'm saying I i've do. not been able to articulate this um because i'm this book maybe stupid from a present tense where you are like yes. really in the action with them it's really i kept like i don't know why but i really kept expecting it to change at some point i was like after the first chapter it's going to switch into a present tense right like or, right like this we're going to be here and it never did so really imagine a friend who has never done sex <laughs> and doesn't is and is scared of it trying to tell you this movie that's kind of what it sounds like so and but then is she, willing to use the word sexy sexy is the only one sexy and seductive are like the two that they use sparingly <laughs> every right? time the word sexy popped up in a book that i was like well this is written for a 10 year old i was like you shouldn't be right. saying that her boots were sexy if you're not gonna let her then want to have sex well and the thing that i was realizing too that is just like i mean this goes to everything right is like the censor the sort of you know like this junior version of this book, right? If it's going to be the sexless version, fine. That's a virgin. It can, it, it, it can exist, right? But like the fact that it's like, they literally edit, like there's kisses that happen, don't happen, mm. right? Like, the, like, like the thin man and Dylan in this, their lips almost touch, but they don't kiss. <laughs> but then in the next second, they're fucking pow, 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 shooting guns and killing people. I'm like, the fucking hypocrisy of this. <laughs> like, literally, on one page, I took a lot of screenshots, and I was like, I'm not going to actually, but I kept taking screenshots of this book. Because um, it's like, in one page, they censor a, like, sexual thing, and then it's like, but we still use guns. Pow, pow, pow. <laughs> and then they got shot. And then they there were also moments, Hannah, I wonder if you clocked this. Probably you did. Moments where they were there was actually additive like violence, mm -hmm. where like a thing that didn't happen, like they they just like made into a bigger, darker thing. And I'm like, why? What? I, maybe that was it's wild. also like the fact that it's described in such like plain terms way that like at the end when Madison like burns in hell, essentially, the way <laughs> yeah. the book has to write this is like. She fell through the floor and then there was a gas explosion and it burned and her to shot, death in the most horrible her. way you can imagine. Like it's really I, brutal. I think I like took a screenshot of it or something where it was like the way they said it was like she caught she was caught in between like she was caught in the fire, you know, like like she ended up there. She was there and she shot the gun and there was fire and then that was the burning. <laughs> But then, <laughs> and then immediately the the angels are like, "Well, time for a party. Let's get changed." And it's like so callous. Yo, what was so crazy about that was the way that that chapter ended, right? So in the like, the, for some reason, towards the end, like the action scenes, the novelization like switches the order of some things and like cuts around differently, which I was like, 
I, I don't know why it's not really doing anything. Um, but okay. But what was very striking to me is that she fucking, I, I have, I have the screenshot. I really do. Oh yeah. Please, please read the, the text for the listener. Let's see. Because it's basically like, so she fucking dies, right? It's like the big climax at the end. And in the movie, it's just like, Alex goes like, uh, you're fired or something. Well, she's definitely fired. And then Dylan goes like, party time and then like <laughs> cut to party time right in the book for some reason they thought the better way to end that like section was basically to add like four lines that are absolutely super unnecessary and totally stop the momentum of the action wait i have it I have this whole little chunk is pretty good. Okay. okay. Go. A blast of fire erupted from below and Madison was caught in the middle. The destroyer had been destroyed. The angels were exhausted and more than anything relieved. They knew how close <laughs> Madison had come to getting uh, her way. And they also knew what it took to make sure that it didn't happen. They'd done it with everything they had. Like they can't say they killed her. They just like, <laughs> they, they did. did everything they could. Right. <laughs> and then it's like, Alex looked at her watch. You know, she said, if we hurry, we can still make the premiere. I'm up for a party, Dylan said. Natalie looked at their sweaty, grimy, torn clothing. Guys, she pointed out, we're not exactly dressed for it. <laughs> then they found the wardrobe closet. Once the police arrived, they tried on some new outfits. End of chapter. Yeah, Why? That feels crazy. They're like, well, we have to wait for the cops to come because there's a fire <laughs> happening in this building. But and then they tried on their new outfits. Yeah, and, and why why is that how they ended the chapter? It's like, I understand you're trying to make a book and a page count, I guess, but like there were uh, moments of that throughout that, uh, I mean, they had me laughing. Let me tell you, they had me laughing for sure. <laughs> I wasn't having a bad time. Yeah, I would be curious if like the adult version is like more or less explicit about how murder yeah. she gets. Yeah, like how um, how true to the movie do you think it is tonally? I'm so curious. So my book is is more true to the movie. I, I want to say up front, it's written by Emma Harrison. So and I couldn't find mm -hmm. too much information on online, but if it's the Emma Harrison that comes up whenever you Google Emma Harrison author, she wrote uh -huh. this novelization when she was 82. <laughs> Oh my god. No. It can't be. Oh Come on. Oh my god. Why would you hire an 82-year-old no. to write this sexy goofball right. young lady movie? For the most part, you can't tell and then every once in a while she's like she's like the saucy ladies. You're like, "Oh." <laughs> saucy lady. Wow. That's so funny. I hope that's true. I hope that's definitely it, you oh, know. Well, that sounds great. I mean, I assume that your book has the subplot where Alex's dad thinks she's a prostitute. Yes. Right. Which is right. not in our book. Things that don't work that. in the Obviously, this that book. gets lifted. We have to get into However, that However, uh, I'll ask my question after. Let, let me read the Madison. Yes, yes. please. So <clears throat> this is the last like page that Madison's on. Uh, Natalie and Madison are kind of having it out. It says, I'm nothing like you, Natalie said. I have one thing you'll never have. What's that? Madison asked, playing along. Natalie's smile widened. Friends. <laughs> Friends. At that moment, Dylan and Alex whirled in from either side of Madison, kicking the gun free of her hand and sending it skittering across the stage into the darkness of the wings. Dylan landed a roundhouse to Madison's head and sent her sprawling. She quickly covered her footing. No, recovered her footing, but it was too late for her now. 
she was no match for the entire Angel Squad. Without her weapons, she had no chance. Uh, let's see, there's a... Bu, bu, bu. Madison fell into the basement below and snapped a rusted gas line under the stage. The angels dove to safety as Madison continued to fire, igniting the spurt of gas she had released with her own fall. Just as Natalie threw her arms over her face, Madison was enveloped in a blast of fire. The heat was excruciating, the noise deafening. It was over. Hell had reclaimed its fallen angel. Yes, <laughs> that rocks, dude. All right, that rips. <laughs> See, the, I'm, so what I think is probably going to be... Besides the sex, right, and, like, the ability, I assume, that your novelization has to write about the sex, mm -hmm. I feel like probably one of, just from that alone, one of the bigger differences is going to be is, like, that author seems competent at writing the action that yes. is in the movie. This author tries, let me tell you, do they try? They definitely try. And, I mean, honestly, when I was rewatching it, I'm like, yeah, I mean, some of this, sh most of this shit is so absolutely bonkers, makes no sense. Like, how would you even, I'm like, I wonder what it was like in the script type shit, you know, because it is so wild. But that I can actually visualize yeah. what's happening. And a lot of the action scenes in this, the junior one, you're just kind of, it's kind of like, she goes up and down and then <laughs> they're hit and she was down on the ground and then she grabs the keys. And like, there's a couple where they're like, in an almost impossible acrobatic feat. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to describe One of my favorite the, like, lines. Um, yeah. Like wire foo stuff that's happening in that movie in a way that's like, I'm like, oh, you're trying so hard. Yeah. One of my favorite lines is when it's like, something like Alex's gymnastics training is coming in handy with this one basically <laughs> like as she flips and flips around all over the place basically it's very hard to like imagine the action from the junior novelization because he makes yeah. it sound just like both physically impossible and the pieces don't fit together in the way that you need them mm -hmm. to yeah harrison does a good job of explaining the action except in the opening action scene i have one very specific complaint which is you know the part in the opening action scene where the tank or whatever it is goes off the bridge mm -hmm. they are doing things while the tank falls for a very long time and i'm reading the novelization before i watch the movie uh seeing sort of whether i can understand it and I couldn't figure out the whole time it was falling whether it was still falling or or whether it had landed. <laughs> right? They were like, then she kicked and punched. And I was like, she's doing a lot of stuff. Is she on the ground? <laughs> I feel better. In our version, they basically like take the tank off the cliff or whatever. And immediately they're all like, there's a helicopter. We're in the helicopter. We're fine. Like, none of the yeah. adventure of, oh, no, Dylan's not going to make it onto the helicopter wing. Like, that is not there right. at all. Skipped. Woohoo, Natalie cheered. That was a close one. <laughs> it's very, like, abbreviated, mm -hmm. you know? I feel like I took a screenshot of, like, a funny, a particularly funny action explanation. <laughs> um, I I can't find it right now. But I do think, like, there was one part of the action. So... Specifically to do with an action scene that they like added more shit to. Um, fucking Seamus's death. Um, you know, obviously, uh, what's his fucking name? Justin Thoreau doing one like a voice that like I can recall like my own mother's, <laughs> you know, in my brain. Like that's how that's how singed it in there. Th that was so crazy to me. An iconic thing in his character that they opted not 
to do in this is his little monologue about pain. It's not even a monologue, but he's like, it's like, you don't know about pain. Like <laughs> he's talking about pain all the time. They like just kind of subbed in for what he wanted to say, which was not that, but they totally. So the way that he dies, right. Is she Dylan kicks the fucking light when she's hanging from dangling from the light and he falls and whatever. In this version, not only does uh, she actually ask him for help. Let me see. Where is it? Um, okay. Yeah. This. So this is to go. This is more towards also the internal sad life of Dylan. Is <laughs> they really they really give her a lot that is not in the movie. Um, so she's like hanging there. She's like, I'm going to die, she thought. This was the first time the words have ever, had ever formed in her head. No other moment, not in her angel work, not the time she turned Seamus in had, had it felt this final. She only had one chance, that deep in, in Seamus's heart, he still had some feeling other than hatred for her. Help me, she whispered. Seamus leaned down to her and remembered a single line, take my hand from the lyrics of their favorite Bon Jovi song. <laughs> Did he still remember those times? Did he still feel an ounce of compassion for her? Dylan half smiled and reached up just as Seamus took her American flag lighter and started to burn her fingers. Quickly, this is where it gets crazy. Quickly, Dylan kicked out uh, uh, at the light bulbs on the E, sending glass right into Seamus's face, momentarily blinding him. With her last remaining strength, she kicked out at Seamus and sent him into the air. You're like, okay, sounds right, sounds right. Seamus fell off the E and plummeted down to the ground. Dylan saw him land right on the thin man, impaling himself on the same sword that he'd used to kill his rival. Then she saw him laughing alive <laughs> suddenly there was a, a large cracking noise the e couldn't take it anymore a huge break formed the letter fell from its perch right onto Seamus exploding a shower in a shower of sparks Dylan couldn't move she couldn't believe he was gone she couldn't believe it was over Seamus was dead and she had survived then Dylan grew sad remembering the thin man who'd saved her life what <laughs> What? This is basically all in my book as well. Oh my god, really? <laughs> yes. What? Which really? When they went to edit the movie, they were just like, too much. Forget it. Forget it. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting. At Rebecca, we've done this maybe like four or five times where we've had two different versions of one book. And like, that is just irrefutable proof that that was in the script and they got rid it of it. It was in the script. Yeah. That's so interesting, yeah. though, because it's like this book takes out so many things little chunks of jokes and stuff like like you were saying like Hannah was saying the whole uh joke that like oh it seems like she's a sex worker or whatever mm -hmm. it's not there it's not there at all um so they take that shit out but like something that is like a disturbing image <laughs> <laughs> like him lying impaled and he's laughing and then he gets crushed by the E like even if that wasn't the script why is that not what you're fucking taking out <laughs> to make it more palatable or whatever <laughs> so good that was wild to me. your book which which gets rid of a lot of the the race here stuff do, what does it do with the like lap dance scene where 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 oh, jackasses yeah. Chris Pontius is robbed. Oh, I think I have a, oh, I I have a screenshot, is. or I wrote something down because the way that they described it was pretty pretty funny. They have, also they have like to say that it's there. 
but they can't say that it's like sexy exactly. Um, yeah, it's it's really weird. Let me see if I can find it. It's something like she. It says like um, that she got close to the man, like, but doesn't really tell <laughs> yeah, you like how. Natalie splashed him with a sponge. You're like, where'd that come yeah, from? Yeah, <laughs> she splashed him with a sponge, like, because she's doing a fucking. They don't tell her you what she's really doing. They just say she's having a great time dancing on stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that was a scene where like the 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 dancing kept going so long and had so many different like you know choreographed like when I say movements I mean like they'd be dancing in one way then it would come back to them it'd be a whole different thing that I was like yeah. if I was a parent whose who's middle schooler wanted to go to this movie this is exactly what I fear it is <laughs> the moment that Natalie's like in a bikini in a champagne glass like cut it covering herself in soapy water i would be like we have to go my child yeah anymore dude i mean and i saw this so many times my parents are bad no i'm just kidding (laughs) look we've all seen things we shouldn't have seen too young that's that's true it's definitely true Uh, you have have that section uh, paragraph that is the dance in our book i love it as the sun set on the day, the angels headed into the treasure treasure chest bar. They looked like a trio of dancers as they took the stage, but really they, they were expert like. pickpocket pickpockets. As they put on a sexy, seductive routine to the Pink Panther theme, they got very close to some of the sailors in the audience, close <laughs> enough to rob them. Alex used a prop whip to expose a guard's keys and badge. Then she momentarily blindfolded him with a glove, and Dylan went in to steal the goods. To top it off, Natalie squirted him with a wet sponge so Alex could move close enough to grab some important paperwork. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> and it's like, yep, that's that scene. It's so, like, they have to be like, well, there was a whip present, <laughs> but it yeah. certainly wasn't a dominatrix thing. Right. It wasn't, like, up, a whole kids. sexy thing. <laughs> well, and there's so many little, I mean, little moments of, like, a. Uh, uh, of the sex being removed, like literally in the beginning when they're looking for the pineapple sex wax, it's just called pineapple surfer wax. It's just <laughs> yeah, called pineapple, just pineapple sex wax. wax. But you know what I thought was really funny? It's funny to see how they write when it's like a celebrity cameo or like like the pink part. I thought it was really funny because they just described her as like the sexy girl in leather. The Olsen <laughs> cameo just sexy like girl. just adolescent teens. Just <laughs> teens. <laughs> Oh, one of my favorite iterations of this is um, when they don't say, when they don't let Seamus say ass or arse, (laughs) you know, as he would. So there's callbacks moments to it, too, where it's like, oh, you know, I could never forget that ass or whatever. And he just says. Um, he just calls it her body, um, which is fucking infinitely worse. The line was, um, ah, Helen, no, I can't, I wish I could do it. It's the, it's in there, but I won't, I can't even. Every time Seamus was on screen, I was just thinking of that Connor O'Malley Irish mob video. Have you seen that? Yeah. Right. Mm -mm. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I hate, I mean, I, 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 I love guys who don't drink water. (laughs) <laughs> see every time Justin Theroux very... was on screen for me I was thinking why isn't this Johnny Knoxville because I historically think they Damn. look the same they do mm. thank you I'm both hot I mean the fact that like I mean I thought he was so fucking hot like 
I was, I mean, I was very into Sam Rockwell in the first Knoxville one. has to be like eight yeah. inches taller than him, right? Yeah, this is the first time I've looked at oh, Justin yeah. Theron and been like, is he short, actually? He's little. He looks he's short. actually little. He's actually little. I mean, he's doing something so insane, though. And I'm like, who? I I love it. This is the thing. You got to absolutely give it up to McG. McG is that fucking guy. Like, he, we have to praise him. Yeah, we have to. Like, Thoreau's not wearing a shirt the whole movie. No shirts for yeah. Thoreau. No well, shirts for you. Thoreau. And do something absolutely fucking insane. <laughs> do something offensively bad. <laughs> But yeah, he goes at the end, you know, in the discuss. There's another element of this that we have to get into that this is reminding me of. But he goes, ah, Helen, no matter what the disguise is, I recognize that body anywhere. I could recognize that body anywhere <laughs> when it's supposed to be like that ass. Because it's just like, oh, yeah, when they first see each other again, he like comments on her ass in the movie. And in this is just like, your body looks nice. <laughs> <laughs> like, I see you're still corporeal. <laughs> yeah right it's fucking weird dude okay another element of this um sorry if i'm talking too no, much you're i good. guess i love this um <laughs> another element that has to absolutely be spoken in this book is its timidity timidity is that a word around um race because it never once describes this new Bosley really explicitly as a black man, right? It only comes up when they keep the line where he's like, well, you've never heard of black Irish, but having never referenced before. But even in the beginning, it's like, oh, and a new Bosley. And it doesn't make any note of it, right? But it's just, and it, it was just struck me really interesting because the way it's just coded. It's coded in some way. It's coded in whatever the language of the dialogue that they use. Um, some of the dialogue, I did take a screenshot. I was like, this is interesting. But it's like when Max, uh, Shia LaBeouf, like ends up going to Bosley's <laughs> family, it's like, they're just like Mama Bosley's house. And Max like doesn't fit in here, but he knows it's home. But it's like, well, why doesn't he fit in here, right? Like it never, it's just like assuming that you've seen the movie, right? Like, and, and you get why, like he doesn't fit in because it's like, he's this young white kid and this is this big black family, you know, like. Yeah. I mean, if you spend time with the photo insert before you read the book, you would you would put together that Bosley That's is black. That's true. But you would That's not true. be able to discern that Shia LaBeouf is white. <laughs> Right, Not like present they, in the pictures. It's 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 in the same way that it removes sex, it removes race. Except for there's one line because and I wondered how they were going to handle this too, right? Um in the end when they're all in their disguises like doing the final deal thing, whatever the fake out shit. Like in the movie, uh Dylan I think yeah, is like disguises a as a black, as like an older black man, or one of them are. are. They, this is how they describe the three disguises. An, a very old man is one. The other one is an old man with white hair. 
And then the third one is a Latino doorman. And I'm like, (laughs) 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 and then, and then it goes into how she has perfected a Mexican accent. (laughs) uh, In regard to Bosley, they do call him African-American in my book. I didn't look at the inserts and I didn't know the cast of this movie, which by the way, the cast of this movie is a gift that keeps on fucking giving. Cause I'm like, (laughs) we're basically at this point, Hannah, like a Shia LaBeouf podcast. We love Mutt from Indiana Jones. We just did Transformers. (laughs) We like, yeah. We yeah, I mean, him. I can't condone him as a human man, but as an actor, golly. <laughs> yeah, there's not a weak link in this film. And like, I, Bosley is absolutely fucking hilarious in this movie. Still, it still hits. It all still hits to me. And Hannah you know? hit the nail on the head. I texted her like the cast of this movie is insane. And she was like, you know, the, the best part is definitely just that like the corpse is Eric Bogosian. <laughs> Dude, I wrote, this is Crazy. my my note, my note, because <laughs> First of all, and I said this last night when I was watching this with my boyfriend, every fucking time I watch this movie, I go, Eric Bogosian? <laughs> and then I go, oh, yeah, I know that. Why do I always get shocked when I see Eric Bogosian? Like, I go through this cycle every single time. And I literally wrote in my... Um, I, I was like, oh, every time I, yeah, every time I watch the movie, I'm shocked by Eric Bogosian being the dead guy. And I think the book should have noted that, that the <laughs> dead guy was Eric Bogosian. Imagine, if you will, an Eric Bogosian. Yeah, it's 2003 and you know exactly who that is. There is no, and you know what? I just want to say this, uh, even though I bring up Uncut Gems like every episode, there is no cool. better directing choice in the history of cinema than like two thirds of the way through Uncut Gems when Bogosian has obviously just dyed his hair. <laughs> oh this is that type of yeah, guy he's right, like reapplying right. a lot dude i love bogosian i mean he's that's the thing i'm to, to, to say i'm sexually attracted to this entire film is correct because i have always had a thing for my guy my guy the bog the one-two punch of andrew wilson as that cop and then they go into the house the and it's wilson. bogosian as a corpse was like too much for me i couldn't handle it okay so i don't know the cast of the film but i i, I read that bosley is black because my book says he's african-american yeah and i go not even looking at the inserts i bet this is bernie mac <laughs> And then, so funny. Just reading through the rest of the book, I'm like, Bernie Mac's so fucking funny. I'm reading the book. (laughs) You're reading because you can just see it, you know? He is so funny. (laughs) He's so funny in it. And you know that, like, you you, go on. So here's a scene in the book, just speaking of Max. I don't think this is Mm. in the movie. You know know the scene where they're playing Clue? There's like a part Mm, of it where he follows Max out of the room and, like, pep talks him in my book. Okay. And it goes, uh, okay, there's a, uh, Bosley's still talking about the game. He goes, there's a lot more to it, Bosley said, defending himself. If only they'd seen him in action as Patty O'Malley. The duties are very hazardous, <laughs> right, Max? He looked to his little buddy for backup, but Max's chair was empty. Bosley's heart irrationally skipped a beat. Bosley turned in his chair, looking around the little living room. Max was standing at the front window, alone, ga- gazing out at the street. Bosley's chipper attitude fell away the moment he saw the kid. He got up from the table and crossed the room to stand next to Max. Hey, what you doing? He asked Max softly. You're Mrs. Peacock. It ain't a real game without Mrs. Peacock. (laughs) Sweet. (laughs) That is good. Yeah, they go on have a real talk, but that's the part that made me cackle. That's hilarious. (laughs) The equivalent moment in our book is... uh, 
They're playing Clue, and Max is reminding Mama Bosley more and more of a young John Bosley, the last Bosley from the Townsend Agency. Also, does your yeah. book discuss what happened to the previous Bosley? Yeah. Is it that he's on Survivor? No! <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, damn. Um, anyway, but then the Wait, this little what are you section... No, I'll, I'll circle back Okay, to But, <laughs> yeah. like, yours has a moment with Bosley and Max, and ours has a moment where the thin man is, like, hanging out, keeping an eye on Max, like, fighting who yeah. knows who up on the roof. Uh-huh. The thin man is, like, sprinkled throughout this book much more than... It was giving very Bosley. fanfic with the thin man. Yeah, no, our book says that uh, Bill Murray, Bosley, like, got onto a reality TV show, and he hasn't gotten kicked off yet, so he can't be at work. <laughs> That's the thing. Townsend was just like, I'm calling... Your brother, I guess, who seems unqualified, but is great at it. Yeah, the the sort of internal life that they try to give um, Bosley and ours is very much like, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm going to try. And like, like, oh God, I hope I could do. And, and I really feel like I love these angels, actually. You know, <laughs> like, this is crazy, but they've won me over. There was one line. Uh, I thought I had a, a shot of it. Um I just think that probably a lot of the Bernie Mac scenes are like either improvised or loose, you know, <laughs> like you can just, I feel like you can tell usually. Um, so like the crossing guard scene, which is like, he's so funny in yeah. that scene, the way it's like, just not as good in the book. It's just not as good. And I wonder, like there was a line where I'm like, this definitely was not said where he's something about like uh where he's the where the fucking Carter, Agent Carter or whatever is like uh beeping this horn at him and then he like goes to the guy and he's like please try to set a good example for these kids <laughs> don't be like a a horn honking like it it was just a sort of thing where i'm like this is the person trying to pick up on a bernie mac cadence <laughs> or like try to write a line like that and it's just like it's not connecting really <laughs> you know um but yeah it, it was an interesting thing like it was interesting to see where they like dipped into like you get an internal life. Like, I feel like mm -hmm. the people that got internal lives, honestly, were Dylan and Bosley in our book, mo mostly. Yeah, you know? very little from Natalie, almost yeah. nothing from Alex. And it's just, it, you feel like it, when you're reading it, it's like you, no disrespect to David, <laughs> but you feel <laughs> like it comes from a, a, a level of just like incompetence or like an, or, or just like, I don't have an idea. Disinterest, like, I don't yeah. Yeah, so exactly. Like make something up. For Alex, right. what? She's like, what am I going to do about my dad and my boyfriend? Blah. Like, he's right, not interested exactly. in writing that. Our episode <laughs> about the Sixth Sense spinoff books is so glowing. They're like some of the <laughs> best things we've books. ever read. Really? We can fucking drag oh, this guy. We got to balance it out. <laughs> he was interested in writing ghost mysteries. He's not very interested in writing Charlie's Angels. That's well, okay. that's so interesting because I felt like at some point when I was reading it, um, <laughs> I was like, this would just be... So it wouldn't be really what the movie is, but you can't be what the movie is like on a base level. You just can't. So I'm like, this would maybe if it's going to be this tone where it's not so sexy over the top, like kooky, funny, like I feel like the better angle for the novelization of this is like make it an actual mystery, like make it lean into the mystery uh, because it is a mystery. Like you don't know what's happening. You, I mean, You've Andrew, already you totally stated that you don't, don't know, know what's what happening. happening. I totally don't um, know what happens. And we'll get to that. But before right. we move on from the crossing guard thing, 
I don't think this is in the movie. Uh, and you're totally right that they they improvised a bunch of that and that they cut stuff because if you watch the right. end credits, like Melissa McCarthy is back. She was in the first one for oh, two yeah. seconds. Yeah. And she's exactly. in the end credits, but you're like, why wasn't she in the movie? Um, I don't think this line was in there. It's uh, the, the kids are like, can we cross? Can we cross? And uh, Bosley goes, I am the crossing guard. You think I wear optic green because it flatters my complexion? The states have trusted yeah. me with your safety. Yeah, that's, that's in our book. I, well. I think that's in our book, too. So stuff. that must be a script. That must be a script thing, then. Yeah, I like right? I like him freaking out extra. Give me as much yeah. Bernie Mac freak out as you possibly can. <laughs> I mean, every every moment on screen for him is, like, so good. I mean, it's just very rich. It's very rich <laughs> in everything. It's a blessing to have, honestly. <laughs> Does your book have what I think is, like, the biggest stylistic frill of mine, which is a chapter mm. called... The Charles Townsend Agency Personnel Files. Hell no. That That sounds sounds great. All right. This is like basically a page and a half, and I might read like most of it. But it's, you get the prologue of the book, like Mongolia and all that stuff with, um, what's his name? Robert Patrick. And then Mm. we just get a chapter with a little information on each of the of the girls and it says agent number one dylan sanders bunch of stuff like height and you know age and stuff and then demeanor devil may care laughs in the face of danger generally a look before she leaps type of girl childhood mother deceased father a wall possibly deceased dylan was a rebellious kid always taking dares and breaking bones the word curfew confounded her uh, marital status, single and loving it. Must watch that penchant for bad boys, though. Assets, <laughs> fiercely protective and dedicated. Also is able to find the good in everyone, even the bad guys, especially the bad guys. Drawbacks, led by her heart. Sanders is, is impetuous and known to take unnecessary risks. She can also be evasive and secretive. May have something to hide. The book is just like, this is the twist. Here comes the twist. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite song quote, I want to rock and roll all night and party every day. And then they credit it to Kiss, which is nice. Uh, for I mean, Natalie, we do we have get... an opening chapter called Greetings Angels, which does basically the like TV show intro. Mm. There right. were three, very, um, but not girls, as in very different. All that Once upon a time, there were three very different girls. Then there's like a paragraph on Natalie describing her like doing mascot stuff. It also at one no, point my, one of my favorite class, lines. She doesn't know it. Oh, like, yeah, I, was, I, I actually have that wrote down. Um, she was an, an unbelievable beauty, made even more beautiful by the fact that she didn't even know how absolutely stunning she it's was. It's so hot when people <laughs> don't know. It's my favorite yep. thing. I, I like it when they think they're, like, really ugly. Yeah, it's like that That doesn't manifest in bad ways for women. No, people <laughs> yeah, love to date not. me. It's good for them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mine, one thing I like about this chapter is it does credit these women as being like 36. Um, wow. Because it has Natalie mm. Cook, uh, date of birth July 13th, 1977. Oh, that's 26. I can't do math. I don't like this <laughs> I can't do math. I mean, I guess to their credit, they're not. We already like... tried doing age math earlier and it didn't work. <laughs> you gotta skip it. I, we don't know. I guess to their credit, they're not like, you know, they're like 20, right? Um, which movies love to do. They love to be like, if a woman is hot, we can pretend that she's a child. Yeah. I mean, I wish definitely. that this story in general did a little bit more with like Madison, who is in her later right. 30s. And like, why did she leave? Why does she have such a grudge exactly. against Charlie? And this is just not interested in that. And I'm like 
so interested. And she's like, yeah, I loved being an angel. And then my life got fucked over by it. And now I'm pissed. And I was right. like, tell me more, Demi. Please. Well, that's the thing. The, the fucking, the book pads itself with everything that it shouldn't you know like these little things of like should i do this i don't know like my like like questioning like getting into their heads for a few lines like it's doing all of the wrong it's focusing on all of the wrong things like there are so many stories that you would like this is the opportunity like yeah what's madison steel what like let's do some fucking world building here, you know, but it doesn't do any of that. And that's definitely like the best use of this novelization I feel like would be. And Does that sounds like more you have that, right? Uh, world building? This Like more it, of, yeah. Yeah, more about Madison, what her deal is. Nope. Like, does it give her more? No. Nope. nope. I, I would say that <laughs> well, my the main script was not about, interested. Uh, Harrison as a writer is that she doesn't really do like any uh, interiority, which is usually the thing you do when you write a novelization. You're like, here's what's going on in people's heads. But she really is just like uh, talking about plot, talking about action, talking about dialogue, and she will sort of add little bits in. And so this first okay. chapter where she does a rundown of all three girls is the biggest sort of creative burst. Uh, there's some interesting stuff in here too. Let's see. Uh Natalie has a PhD from MIT. That's interesting. Um, mm -hmm. But, uh, da, 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 da. oh, this is a good part. Uh, Alex, in her summary, it says, drawbacks, can one be too perfect? <laughs> and then the, the other thing yeah. I like that Harrison does is that she starts every chapter and, and even sometimes sections of chapters with like a timestamp that also has either a mission or a status. So like the very first one is like uh, June 1st, 8.05 a.m., United States Military Air Base. Mission classified. But then you start getting stuff like uh, location, third point Malibu, wardrobe, the cheesiest is the beginning of a chapter. <laughs> That's for having a little fun. Yeah. Having a little more fun. There's like 200 of them I wish they are. David had more fun, you know? This felt like an obligation for David, like mm -hmm. a chore, do you know? Which which I guess makes sense if you're saying his other stuff was good. Like, this was just literally a paycheck fucking thing. It like, does Ugh. feel that way. You know? I'm, I feel sad. like he probably, like, read the script and was like, I can't do any of the ass jokes. Like, <laughs> yeah, right? Like, what like, do I have left? Uh, which I think would make it hard to have fun with this. If The stuff that's fun in the movie, like, is... Exactly. Not appropriate that's what I'm for saying. this project. So yeah, that's it's it's all about the like sexiness and the jokes around the sexiness. You know what I mean? Hey, Andrew, what does the front of your book look like? I think we have the same front and the same insert photos. Oh, interesting. Uh, I was we, wondering if nice. maybe on your book they were wearing sexier outfits. They're fully <laughs> nude on my book. It's crazy. Whoa! <laughs> I do think it's kind of funny. Um, that, like, in many ways, like, Lucy Liu is often, like, the sexiest of them. And in yeah, this one, like, Drew and Cameron are wearing, like, short sleeve t-shirts. And Lucy is wearing, like, a spaghetti strap tank top. Yeah. And, like, even here, she must be the sexiest. <laughs> I mean, she's, she's so hot. She's like, a stunner. Not, <laughs> I mean, not she's a stunner. It, 
I mean, oh, I found, I, I just realized I had so many more screenshots that I was not, like, today's the day of operational failure for me, I guess. I'm like, I wasn't scrolling all the way up, stupid. It's not uh, super <laughs> intuitive to, like, use the internet archive, so you are forgiven. No, I, so I, I have just a lot of unorganized chunks, but, like, this I feel like is a, is a nice little example of kind of how the action is written a lot is like with superhuman instinct the angels dodged the bullets making moves that were unlike anything the people at the coal bowl had ever seen before <laughs> they arced their bodies like they were turning a series of hand turn of hard turns without ever losing control emmers fired again this time from an upside down flip <laughs> natalie flung herself from her bike just before one of the bullets exploded its gas tank with amazing acrobatic skill she landed on the back of dylan's bike <laughs> like yeah all those things those things do happen i guess that's true. yeah all right <laughs> oh man it was a so so do we have to start explaining like kind of what what went down is that where we're at well, I, I, I need to understand the plot but the only other thing i was going to say before then since we yeah. talked about bogosian already is i forgot that in my book they just really do a character assassination on his diet where uh that cop is like it says finally the cop smiled puzzle complete he was obviously impressed by the angel's quick thinking because they walked in and they were like, this is what happened. Uh, yeah. Wait, Natalie exclaimed, examining a swab Alex had taken from the inside of Caulfield's mouth. Residue would suggest that in addition to the pork rinds, the victim also consumed spam, two ding-dongs, and a diet chocolate shasta. What does that What's mean? What's wrong with the that? The cop asked. Nothing, Natalie replied with a shrug. It's just gross. Oh, rude. Yeah. Another thing that reminds me of because there are sometimes just like changes that I I was like, why? Like, like, like these changes felt like you just didn't want to write it. So like in that scene, very specifically, Natalie is dressed a certain way. Like they are all in their different characters. In this one, I, I, I don't remember if I have the screenshot, but it's like she's just wearing like a dress and like it's like a sleek outfit and she like there's just like things that i'm like why why didn't you write that the joke of her doing some character or whatever do you yeah. know what i mean mm -hmm. they like i think mean, it would be i can imagine it would be hard to write like well the joke in this scene is that natalie is dressed like a super butch lesbian with a right mullet. exactly like, you could write some of it that she's like yeah. dowdy or like not glamorous or whatever exactly like just put her in pants like <laughs> yeah. i don't know like they, they had like little roles that they were playing right like and there are so many little things of that th those kinds of jokes that like kind of get lost mm -hmm. and i mean you understand why but then it's like at least, in, at least replace it with something interesting, I guess, you know? Yeah, like, try a little harder. Right. Like, if not, do the joke. Find the spirit of the joke. Right. Like, like the thing that I... So, the whole joke with the, with the dad, what they basically do is there's a scene where Jason's at the house and the dad's at the house. And then they start talking and... And it's just like, yeah, and there's Charlie and he's like, Charlie, okay, cool, whatever. And then at some point, uh, 
it's it, it like it just ignores all of that he just is like oh he's confused because he still doesn't know what her job is and then in the end she's like she's like oh dad you approve and he's like uh yes and he's like welling up with tears practically <laughs> and then she's like so you understand that i am a uh then she basically explains what her job is which i'm like <laughs> yeah that happens in like, your book yeah, yeah, she basically Whoa. says, like, you I'm have part of a three-person international spy team. And he's like, oh, okay. Because of course. When I was reading my book, there, there's, it's basically the same as the movie where, like, he, he thinks that she is uh, a sex worker. And, and they keep hitting that joke where she's like, I just took on three guys and I creamed them yeah. all. And he's like, well, <laughs> they literally say and, that. It, and, they say that part. And then and then just let him explain. <laughs> yeah, at the end of the scene, they're like, she's like, okay, I'm gonna go get changed, and then I'll give you a blow by blow. And I thought, I thought, okay, that's the furthest you could take that joke because the next thing that happens is she explains off screen. You see, I was fighting men because they were evil. But then <laughs> later in the movie, they're having the same misunderstanding, and I was like, so she just explained it to her dad as like. <laughs> And then I really gave them what they deserve. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, sure. Yeah. At the end of our book, um, Alex goes, another satisfied client. She chirped. It took all three of us to get her. Her? Mr. Monday asked. Her? <laughs> Alex knew it was time to tell him. It's all in a day's work when you're one third of an elite crime fighting team backed by an anonymous billionaire. Right, Daddy? At first, he didn't get it. Crime fighting team, he asked, anonymous billionaire. But then he said, oh, and it all seemed to make sense to him. And it was all right. He would love his daughter no matter what crazy things she was up he to. He understood that. <laughs> he just got it. Yeah. He's a nice guy, I guess. But then it's just like, really, when you think about it, the entire purpose of his character is that joke. Yeah. There's literally nothing else his character does. So it feels completely like useless in this book. Like, why is he even here? <laughs> use that time to maybe explain what's happening in the plot a little bit right. more, David. Speaking of which, yeah. so let's yes. talk about what's happening in the plot. So if we can okay. figure it out together. There's a sexy bad angel. I get that the rings together make the knock list from Mission Impossible. I get that. Essentially, yes. And yeah. that that endangers everyone in witness protection. Robert Patrick, who is one of the villains, but we don't know it yet, is mm -hmm. in what situation at the beginning? Why is all that happening? He is being held captive in Mongolia, but actually he's yes. trying to fake his own death. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because he's already killed Bruce Willis and stolen his ring. <laughs> the fact that that was the extent of the Bruce Willis part, I couldn't believe it. So sad. Same. You think so he's going to get kidnapped and later, later he'll show up? No, he's dead. We don't get that shit no more. <laughs> well, he doesn't show up in movies for two seconds for no reason anymore, which is maybe good. Yeah. Maybe. Why not, though? That's the easiest job. What the <laughs> <Yeah>. hell? <laughs> That's one day. Not even. Um, so Robert Patrick's plan is to fake his own death and then have both the rings and sell them for money, and that's the whole thing. And so he's going to get the rings by being like, hey, angels, I, I'm worried about the safety of the other ring. No, he already has the other ring because he's killed Bruce Willis. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So all he's trying to do in Mongolia is fake his own death, but the angels get called in and save him. And he's like, oh, no, shoot, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and has to come up with yeah. a plan B. Yeah. And then there's, um, they're like 
fake, right? The ones that they get from the shed. That's what the book said. That's what the book said. And I was like, I that I don't remember. Yeah, clearly, that is also not necessary. Wise. Like they could be the real rings that Seamus. It was supposed and then they have to, to get them back, and then Robert Patrick yeah. is like, "Thanks for getting my rings back. I'm evil." <laughs> Seems easy. Yeah, exactly. Okay, when they're escaping, and Robert Patrick does the "ow my ribs" thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then later it's a moment where Bosley throws the keys, and Robert Patrick grabs the keys, and they're like, "Oh, a guy with broken ribs couldn't do that. That's a bad guy." Why is he even faking having broken ribs? Because in the beginning he went, ow, my rib. Yeah, but why did he do that? <laughs> because just... to make it seem real, like something was actually happening to him, but something yeah. wasn't actually, he wasn't actually like captured, right? I, I yeah. Think so. And probably also think, maybe that was like, it was a stage. Like, if I'm really injured, maybe they'll leave me behind. Maybe we'll all get killed and that's fuck killed. And that's fine too. I don't know. Hmm. You know, this is not why you come to the Charlie's Angels film. Let's, I guess let's just be sure. clear about that. <laughs> you come for the booties <laughs> and the boobies. I'm the one guy and... who came because I was, I was horny for Robert Patrick. <laughs> He's looking Me too. Good in this Me movie, too. Listen, that's what I'm saying. Like every element is a check is a check mark for me on 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 that level every single um because even in my own like oh god I'm this little girl that I was like even in my own way I was like the thin man can get it I'm like because there's something about him he's such a little freaky eeky guy I'm like I gotta figure him out that's where I was like I am such I'm a Dylan because I'm like I could save him (laughs) I mean there is this kind of wonderful moment right in the very very end where Dylan is like yeah maybe he lived the last time he got blown up he lived that would be nice (laughs) yeah they really like that's the one thing that they're kind of like having fun with is just like extending that relationship between her and the, the thin man, though they don't let them kiss the scene that they, that he saves her and they kiss. They, it's just written that. Um, okay. Whew, I got scared for a second that I wasn't recording. It is recording, okay. um, <laughs> but no. Yeah. So like, <laughs> sorry, they say that their lips almost touched bef- like, like he comes in for a kiss. They say that he comes in for a kiss. Their lips almost touch. But then instead they grab each other. So they pull the hair out and they just say that he the line is actually now cinched my memory. It's that he basically is. um, Oh, maybe it's not. But that he's he's enjoying it. He's lost in his joy of the hair. Yeah. Right. He doesn't do this. It's fucking weird. This description. Yeah. I'm like, why is that where you went sexy with it? <laughs> it's like, it's before their lips kissed, they grabbed a strand of each other's hair and ripped it out. Dylan knew this was what the thin man liked to do. And right this, now she this. wanted to do it too. It's like out little, of respect. Yeah. And she said equal, to, re- to say thank you. To be his you. equal. To say thank you. Wait, I, what? They locked <laughs> eyes in pain, in bewilderment. <laughs> Slowly, the thin man brought her hair to his face and became lost in his own kind of joy. Dylan lifted the thin man's hair to her nose, curious. Yep. Slowly, she inhaled. There was his fragrance. His fragrance. It's like too much. Why? Why is that where you're doing it in the fucking book? <laughs> I mean, like, I get, like, that. that's where I feel like he's having the most, like, fanfic fun is with <laughs> that character. Maybe Levithan and just like is horny. But he's like, I can't, Definitely. I can't get actual can sex stuff, like mainstream sex stuff, past the publisher. So I got to go horny right. weird. 
<laughs> but that's the thing. It's so funny because like I mentioned before, I was an avid fanfic reader at a time when I was depressed in Chicago. Didn't realize that's what it was, but it was. Mm. Um, but like, so there are, I've read a lot of versions of like when it's like a fic that's not ta necessarily tagged and as you know not safe for work it's not it doesn't have all these like explicit tags but it's like fluff that's what they call it right like fluff fanfic right where it's just like romantic sensual quote unquote and like I don't know maybe I was reading really good fanfic writers because they exist you know <laughs> but I'm like Surely I have read a way to not say a thing, but say a thing, the innuendo, the writing. And that's where I'm like, he's not even trying because I know the terms they're around. You can use them. Instead he's you going know? like full freako. Yeah. Um, he's just going, he gets lost in the sauce of her hair. I need <laughs> to ask more plot questions and we can use the thin man. Okay. Yeah. What is the deal okay, with the yeah. twist with the thin man? He's actually nice, but then. He's an orphan. Yeah. That's it. And the he's looking out for his fellow orphan, bro. Yeah. So he's decided this time I'm going to help that orphan, which means helping you, the angels. Which is actually not a twist because you see that guy, you're like, you know, he's got drama. <laughs> <laughs> What's he up with him? <laughs> he sniffs hair a lot. He's not. I love totally it. Up, you know? Okay. So that's the reason that his allegiance shifts in this movie. So he was outright evil in the first one he was a bad guy evil doesn't exist there's you know it's a scale <laughs> i don't know I'm yeah, he's an assassin guy. for hire he was hired yeah. to do assassin work and now but like fucking time, they are too orphans. basically yeah the angels are are they not assassins for hire basically you know it's like <laughs> they do be killing <laughs> and usually not with guns so in more painful unpleasant ways yeah, it's always fire. Fire <laughs> is the great way that Char that the angels get to kill, but like have their hands clean, kind of. <laughs> Except for the soot of the fire. <laughs> so talk to me about the intersection of Seamus O'Grady and, and Demi Moore's angel. Why are they involved with each other? So Demi and Robert Patrick are working together to sell the necklace to yeah. various mob gangs around the world who have people Including they the want to kill mm -hmm. on witness protection, right? So the connection there is she was like, Seamus O'Grady, do you want to kill some people who testified against you? And he was like, you betcha. Uh, and they were going to make a deal. Right. Gotcha. And in the meantime, and I guess as a show of good faith, they hand him Max, Dylan, and Eric Bogosian. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. That that's not super just, That's just to kind of get you to know that they're connected <laughs> that's just like you know like he is from her past type shit mm -hmm. um yeah i mean that's that's the funny thing it, like like his shit seems mostly vengeance uh oriented you know like her end game is also just kind of like i don't know she was she's um she wants to be that bitch. That seems to kind of be her <laughs> so. actual end game. In the end, she wants to be that bitch. Her goal you know? is like wearing lingerie and a fur coat, like smoking and a cigarette, and sexually awakening a many a young child in the boss. film. In the book, when yeah. when it was like she was only wearing lingerie and a fur coat, which is in the book, I was like, why? Yeah, what's happening? Because she can. She's, she's got that banging bod. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Okay. She's hot as hell. There does not need to be another explanation. There just usually <laughs> is. I mean, like, look, I'm Andrew, not opposed I don't know if to you've it. Ever worn just lingerie and then a fur coat? 
But it feels nice. But in the no, in the <laughs> in the book at least she has a hostage at that time, which is why I was confused by it. I was like, is she doing mm. sexiness to him? But I guess it was just unrelated. <laughs> she She's just like, I'm feeling hot sexy. right now. Yeah. That's both <laughs> so funny to read, like just how devoid of any of the tension that exists between Natalie and Madison. Like it's just not in the book really at all. Um, and it's so sad because I mean, that is, that is like, there are a couple things that I walk away from this movie. Like that. Those are the images. These are the things that are lasting. And it's like the fucking motorcycle scene. Cause of obvious reasons. Cause that shit absolutely is rock and roll. The titular throttles. Um, <laughs> yeah and like um oh yeah did you did you know when they did say full throttle in the book because they did they yes, drop yes it. I did. like she accelerated full throttle Wrong. baby <laughs> <laughs> um but and the uh, the other is really demi moore's bloody lip she her fucking putting her face on cameron diaz's face basically fucking licking her face that is the movie that is the movie you know yeah this book does so not capture so how like sad. unhinged cuckoo bird like madison is as a yeah. character in like a very she's sexy, so fun good way. i think this is an incredible demi moore performance mm -hmm. honestly mm -hmm. when she's got the tear going down her fucking face as she's got the like that is gorgeous a performance she gets moment the best line of the movie in my opinion huh? i think they she gets the best line when i was an angel we used guns we used guns <laughs> yeah which that reminds me of a really unfortunate um change in our book uh having to do with Madison, I wrote it down. I really want it to be perfect. But basically that great line where she's like, um, where, where, where Demi Moore is all like, you know, I'm my own boss and you did it. So in the movie, Cameron Diaz says your boss sucks. Well, your boss sucks. <laughs> bah! And it's like so sick. What is it in the book? Uh, do you oh, have it? Mine is, mine is just, something. well, your boss sucks. It's the same. Well, yours isn't any good. Good. That's <laughs> not ours. as good. You can't say something sucks. Well, yours isn't any good. You can't say sucks, but you can have multiple people fully fucking die. Yeah, and like a page, like our like, value. The next page, all three angels get shot, and the book is like literally. Dead. Yeah, <laughs> like it's that's crazy. that's exactly where I was like, how the the dichotomy here is so <laughs> crazy. Like this is insane. <laughs> it is really jarring the number of times that this book is like. Alex fell through a glass window. Her lifeless body flopped onto the... And you're like, what the fuck? She's but they can't kiss. <laughs> the yeah, scene at the Griffith Observatory, I have like several things to say about it. First of all, they have that riddle that's Go like off. follow the galaxy past the stars or whatever and ends up mm -hmm. being the walk of fame. And they get it before mm -hmm. the observatory. And then after the observatory, they're like, what does the riddle mean? It's like, it meant go to an observatory. Like... <laughs> I was no. The riddle isn't the, about the the conservatory. No, I know. The I riddle, know, but they get it before, right? So it's like it's very confusing. I was like, they oh. solved it. Observatory <laughs> stars, and then they're like, I'm still really stumped. Anyway, um, they get to the observatory yeah. and they have the big scene with Demi Moore. I like that when Demi Moore shows up and kills Robert Patrick. She does a flip before she starts talking to the yeah. angels. And she has a great performance Why moment not? where she has to recover from the flip for a second. 
<laughs> she's such a star it's hard to be out here flipping and then like giving speeches yes you know? totally she's it's like hard. that was that took it out of me a little bit and i am about to talk a lot um <clears throat> the other thing is it's so funny how impotent our angels look in that scene because mm. she demi moore has just revealed herself to be the villain and then our angels are like Oh yeah, we knew you were the villain because of astrology and Leo and Demi Moore's yeah. like I, I know I just told I just told I am I just told, <laughs> I just shot the guy and then they're yeah. like okay well I guess we'll see you around and they jump in the air and immediately all get shot. Yeah, in our book, I don't know if yours had anything like this, but it's like uh, basically. Demi Moore is like, Dylan, typical Pisces, so wants to be tough and independent, but actually so needy and couldn't last one day without the her friends. And then it continues like, Natalie, Virgo. Yes, like, I have something like that. Let me find it. Yeah. I love the line. It's so drama where it's like... Um, uh, like like something like when all you want deep down is love or something. You know? Yes, I, I there have was also that. A Natalie line like that. Virgo you... the Virgin, sweet and clean, an all-American girl, Madison said, eyeing Natalie as she paced in front of the angels. Too bad you pause, lose yourself pause. in your work so you can... Fr- Our exa- we have the exact same line, but without the virgin. Oh. Yep. I was going to say that. Natalie, a Virgo, sweet and clean, an all American girl. Too bad you lose yourself in your work. Exactly the same, but they don't say virgin. Uh, so yeah, too funny. bad you lose yourself in your work so you can forget uh, that all that you really want is love. Is love. Yeah. And it's like, that's like not even true because like she already knows that. And she's in romantic she, like, love. She has a boyfriend. Has a nice she just boyfriend. Ri- she literally just moved in with her boyfriend, so I think she knows that she's like a puppy, and she's like definitely a puppy. In our book, there was a moment mm-hmm. where she's like, she was so happy, and in her heart, what she felt was, could it be? Yes, love, as if it's a question that she was in love right. with him before, which like has not been set up. So stupid, and also it's never a question if you're in love with Luke Wilson. Yeah, duh. Sorry, he's like so that's a guaranteed. And every time she's like, "I have to go," he's like, "Don't worry, babe. Catch you later." He's like, okay, babe. Love you. Support you. Your friends, movie star boyfriend. We're best friends now. <laughs> oh God, I fucking oh, I love it. Ooh. I love it. <laughs> I was so happy that Matt LeBlanc is back. Like, I did not so remember watching it. from movie one to two, and I texted Andrew, and I was like, I really hope that Matt LeBlanc boyfriend is back like i love seeing him i think he's so funny right at the end where it's like the last sort of like uh part of that joke the sex work joke where uh where her dad like looks over and he and he just like gives a big thumbs up like hey and his dad's like in distress (laughs) his dad is really like confronting the fact that like his daughter is doing a thing he sort of doesn't approve of but her boyfriend is totally her boyfriend's really cool and she's chill with it and he's like I'm wrong. I have to be chill with this. I have to yeah, find it in exactly. myself to love her and support her no matter what. Maybe this movie's ahead of its time, actually. Yeah. It's not dated. It's ahead of its time. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think that's true. <laughs> I'm, I'm just looking at oh. random things here. There's a very funny thing in my book where they drive past uh, a car full of cute boys on the way to find out about the Thin Man, like on the way to the orphanage. And they're like... There were a bunch of cute boys in the in the car, and they looked over, and the boys were into them, and they were kind of into the boys. And then they learn all the stuff about the Thin Man, and as they leave, they pass the cute boys again. And the book is basically like, this time they were too deep in thought to care about the cute boys. 
<laughs> does your book have more explanation about like That's why so Dylan is into the thin man at the end, or is it just that he's a bad boy who's good enough to kiss? It's just a bad boy. Yeah, it's got nothing. Because it feels crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. Okay. But they also don't make him as crazy as he is in the movie. Like the like there's one thing for him to be like lost in the sauce of the hair, but in the movie he also screeches <laughs> like a bird. <laughs> like he's always screaming. It's the only way that he actually verbally communicates. <laughs> so like they don't they make him I feel like definitely a little bit more mysterious guy yes. in the book than in the movie he's definitely a full on freako. <laughs> Um, I mean, I have to wonder in movie one when they're like Crispin. The idea for this character is that he's like a silent, mysterious killer. And Crispin was like, what if I was an absolute freak? And they just couldn't yeah. stop him on He's like, set. what if I was like, ah! all the time? <laughs> the screeching is I fucking beyond. love it. It's really good. <laughs> Rebecca, you got to take off in a bit. So let's let's wind down. Yeah, I to. To be clear, guys, I just have to say um, the most flexible, uh, caring, understanding host. They did move the recording an uh, up uh, up an hour so that I could be on time to watch the Survivor finale tonight. <laughs> you know, if Bill Murray's on it, you'll know. You know Possibly who wrote a really good book? Oh, that's a great joke. I stepped on your joke. That's okay, but Fuck. thank you. Wait, I didn't hear it. It's fine. Oh, Survivor. Yeah. yeah, survivor. yeah connections, good. connections. Hannah, mine was good. Mine was, a, was good, but not as good. I was going to say, uh, if I wanted to enjoy Survivor, I'd read the first David Levithan <laughs> Secrets from Beyond book, oh. which was called yeah. Survivor. So fast before we wrap nice. up, Andrew, how does your book cover that the Bosley has changed? What happens to Bill Murray Bosley? Mm, yeah. They don't so explain fast. where he's gone. Let me see. Okay. Doesn't that feel like more like what the novelization b- should be for? Like, if it is going to add stuff, add to the lore, you know? I was so glad to have an answer to that. Because in the movie, I was like, oh, no, did he die? <laughs> yeah, is he dead? What happened to him? I mean, he's they, got like, that picture. are so cute with him in the first movie. <laughs> yeah, you know what was annoying? To- this is literally a nothing thing. But what was annoying to me when they described max and it's like reveal i want it i mean i obviously want it to be like reveal shia LaBeouf, <laughs> like young shia LaBeouf, but no but they just like it's like a kid with spiky hair like, i'm like not his hair is not spiky i'm like mop. you know what curly hair already doesn't even get the representation that it needs <laughs> and shia with his curly hair doesn't get to have short, curly hair in the book spiky hair what is that yeah i'm with you. that's them that's the way that's the way they had to differentiate that he was white. <laughs> he had frosted tip spiky hair. I hate it. I hate that. You're right, and I hate it. I'm ready. Um, okay, go. It says, uh, Bosley, all three angels called out happily as they entered the lushly decorated office. Yep, this was something that had definitely changed. There was a brand new Bosley in the house. Jimmy Bosley had recently replaced his brother as the liaison for the Townsend Agency and the two Bosses couldn't have been more opposite. Jimmy was African-American, dressed in loud colors, preferred turtlenecks to ties, and exuded an attitude of the no-nonsense variety. He was a big change from the (laughs) angel's silly, pratt-falling former Boz, but he was loved just the same. That's really all we get. Uh, He he goes on to just be very Bernie Mac-ish. Yeah, that's nice. Well, Well, you can rest assured that John Bosley is on Survivor and he hasn't gotten kicked off yet. So <laughs> exactly. It's all coming down to tonight. 
who will pull through? Does he have? Does he win immunity? We'll see. <laughs> uh, the, the Rebecca Bullness. You yeah. are a former one of uh, Charlie's angels, and you're you're just getting fucking plastered in a bar somewhere. Oh, yeah. You follow the newsletter, so you recognize when one of the current ang- angels stumbles in and is looking sullen. You also see a guy at the bar just grope her as she goes by. <laughs> oh, man. And she just takes yeah. it, which is rough. Yes. This is the culture. You're like, okay, this will be my day. Like, I'll give her a pep talk for, mm-hmm. like, hours. But she basically yeah. latches on to what you say in the first, like, 30 seconds. And she's like, great. She punches the groping guy, and she gets out of there. She goes and saves the day. <laughs> You have all this pent-up yeah. energy, and you don't know what to do with it, and you're drunk as fuck. Would so you, knowing what you know, use your time to read Charlie's Angels Full Throttle by David Levithan? Listen, now the only re- the only way I'm doing that, my friend, is if I've got a, uh, do I have one here to show? I don't. Is if I've got a, a point, 10 G- GI gel fucking black marker, marker, pen I'm trying to describe the pilot pen that i use <laughs> it's very juicy and glides if i have one of those pens maybe i'm gonna pop open the book only to scribble in the margins what should have been <laughs> you know like i will use it like a coloring book i will add on to it what it so lacks um but bes- if i'm if i'm not doing that I'm going to say I'm just kind of drowning my sorrows with a drink, you know, like because I want to feel excited. And the book is, you know, in all of the ways. And the book is not doing that for me. And I think especially when I'm drunk, this drunk, I'm wanting some action, you know. And what I'm getting is a lot of descriptions of um going to the side and turning around and jumping up and down. And that's just not doing it for me today. But no regrets. No regrets. Hannah Blackman. <laughs> yes. You are an orphan living at an orphanage. Oh, you, no. A wonderful family comes in and you're like, I really hope they adopt me. They seem to really love each other, this couple. And, you know, I want to be a part of their unit. Um, but they take the weirdest child you've ever seen. <laughs> The thinnest, weirdest <laughs> child. You fall into a massive depression. Would you mm-hmm. use all of your time in bed to read Charlie's Angels Full Throttle by David Levithan? No. I think similar to Rebecca, I would rather stare at a wall than read this <laughs> book. Um, it's just like bad. It's just like not a good version of this story. It's not fun or sexy. Mm-hmm. It's not giving you don't me want anything that, new. Right? And yeah. that's a bummer. I do think the insert photos are good. I'm going to give it credit for the Yeah, check the, the Instagram photos. for the insert photos. They're good. Pretty solid disguise pictures. Can't be mad. Ugh, so many Pretty disguises. good. Stop kissing bad guys pictures. Uh, you know, <laughs> those are nice. But I can watch the movie for those things. So no, yeah. I would not read this. Wonderful. As a depressed orphan. So sad. Andrew Overby. Hi. You are an Irish crime lord. Yes. You... Uh, <laughs> dating a girl and then you kill a guy in front of her which she's not cool with motivation unclear i just cap a guy (laughs) (laughs) you sure do but anyway she turns you in what a bitch and you are sentenced to prison for the rest of your life while you're in prison would you spend your time reading charlie's angels full throttle yours is by emma harrison yeah uh no i wouldn't recommend this book to anyone but 
It's not because it was like bad. It's just because it wasn't good. If that makes sense. Emma Harrison mm. does a lot of work to like make the action really interesting. She's kind of funny, as I showed with the part where Madison dies. Like she's good with metaphor. She can she can write a book that is a book. Um, but she, you know this this didn't add. I wish we had all read your book. It sounds like yeah, it sounds so much better. Yeah, it's a lot better. <laughs> but like as far as novelizations go, I it wasn't worth the time. Like that's something that we don't talk mm -hmm. about super often, Hannah, because we read these yeah. no matter what. But like. If we were it's a prison of your own making, what's that, Rebecca? <laughs> a prison of your own yes. making. Oh, very much so. Very, very much, much so. <laughs> but if yeah. we were, you know, choosing to read a book, oh, do I want to read a novelization? I would not feel good about having spent my time doing this, and therefore, I would not recommend it to another. So I have to mm, say, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I no, brought this no. upon oh my you. God. I stole time from your life. No, this was such a good conversation that like the juice was worth the squeeze. And Rebecca, if you knew okay, some good. of the fucking dreck that we read, <laughs> this is this is fine. Okay, this is fine. This is not transformers. I will say, too. I do feel proud and happy that I became a catalyst for you to finally see this absolute masterpiece totally. of cinema. So, yeah. <laughs> and I and I and you agreed that that's true, right? I mean, I like the first one better as. than the second one, but I am so mm. entranced by the tone of both movies, how silly and earnest yeah. and goofy they are that I like I love it. I miss movies like that so much, mm -hmm. but I'll take a movie that I don't like as much as the first one just to have like a taste of that beautiful essence. I also think <laughs> the first Literally. was better, but uh, and and the second one was was um intentionally hornier which was a little fun except like <laughs> could somebody get me an edit of this that's like the same but without like men like yipping like dogs while it's all happening <laughs> i'd probably enjoy that more uh rebecca bullness what do you have going on where should people find it and why oh why dang. what's wrong with I've you i've been asking people why this isn't new I think that's, dude, I think that's actually super valid. Um, I actually just deleted my Twitter recently, so you can no longer find me there. If you thought I was there, <laughs> I'm not. If you wish you saw it, you didn't, and I'm fuck. I'm not going to fucking come back. And just so you know, I don't really miss it. I really mm -hmm. don't. I'm like, I'm cool. I'm like not going through withdrawal. Right. Like sometimes I have an idea of a tweet, and I said, you know, Maybe I would share this, but maybe today for me, it's me. Mm -hmm. It's for mine. Mm -hmm. It's it's for mine. <laughs> so, I mean, I am still on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram at Rebecca, B-U-L-N-Z. That's my name on Instagram, Rebecca Bolnes, <laughs> even though it's Rebecca Bolnes. Yes. Um, and listen, I am trying to write this script. I'm trying to act i am actually a background actor as my job right now so you could maybe see me in a show randomly you'll never know i won't announce it <laughs> you'll be watching a show and then you'll be like is that her and i'll be like yeah probably <laughs> um so basically stay tuned i think uh this is about to be my big year <laughs> And that's why you want to follow. That's why you want to follow and find. You can also listen to Classroom Crush, and you can listen to Jacking Off. Once I get all those episodes back on, um, you want the the reason you want to do that is so you can say I knew her from before. Mm, I really love the Jacking Off episode on the fan. I love when you guys have to cover an episode because or cover a movie because Jack Black's in it for like two seconds. Yeah, <laughs> that's what happens when you follow an actor's entire filmography. I can tell you from lifetimes of experience. <laughs>
Listen, it's fun. It's interesting. You see some stuff that you wouldn't yeah, have, you know? Yeah, <laughs> to our listeners, please do rate our podcast, review it, subscribe to it, whatever you would do to a loved one that you were passionate about and felt lust for, try to translate that into things that support our podcast. Um, and we will receive yeah. it as such. As usual, I'm going to close out our episode by reading a passage from a classic piece of literature. Please do tweet at AuthorizedPod if you recognize what this is from. And here we go. Dylan turned to Robert Patrick. Hey, how are your ribs doing? Oh, well, they're still really injured for sure, and I'm worried they won't heal, said Robert Patrick. Well, maybe go see The Alchemist. Good night. Okay, so we have all, of course, watched and read the film Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. And what we are going to do today in a game called Overby or Townsend, and for a guest, I am Overby. Uh, <laughs> Hello. You, the two of you. I knew it because of how I've known you this whole time. Oh, fair. Yes, of yeah. course. How my, my, my uh, widely known celebrity persona. Hannah and Rebecca, you are going to compete with each other to determine whether a description that I give you is a real episode of Charlie's Angels or something I have made up. So to be clear, you could have called this game Andrew or Charlie. Mm -hmm, but I called it Overby yeah, okay. or Townsend. Overby yeah, Townsend. Yeah, got it. All right, sorry. <laughs> One of the other hosts of this podcast who is on sometimes is named <laughs> Andrew. So we're just covering all my bases. I love this. I love the name. This is based, this is a name game now, baby. <laughs> this is my uh, photo from uh, college cross country. So it's giving that exactly. <laughs> <laughs> There's the slightest sliver of shoulder, and you can tell that it's like a sports penny. Yeah, and you're like squinting in the sun, like where am I gonna have to run today? <laughs> <laughs> okay, up first. Is this a real Charlie's Angels episode or something I made up? An antiques dealer becomes caught between smugglers with a stake in his business and a computer dating ring planning to rob him. Rebecca. Rebecca. That's how I'm supposed to do it, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, an antiques dealer becomes caught between smugglers with a stake in his business and a computer dating ring planning to rob him. I'm going to say you made it up. <laughs> All right. Well, the answer, of course, is that this is season one, no, episode oh 10. <laughs> That's so complicated. That's like a lot of layers. And I'm also just like computer dating ring. I'm like, but was it, isn't this old? <laughs> <laughs> That's what my mind, you know, I guess not that much. It must wow. have just been like text-based dating. Right. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Sign me up. Where was it? We got it on uh, Vimeo. Where where can, where can I watch? <laughs> no, I, I'm curious how this all spans out now. I feel like I have to know. This uh, this episode it cracks me up because it's like 
such a labored plot description, which you would expect from yeah. like season five of a show. But in season one, they're testing their audience. Like, can they keep up? Can they <laughs> like for season two? Can we get real crazy with it? You know? <laughs> okay. Everyone with a zero up next. Is this a real plot or some shit I made up? <laughs> The angels go undercover as lifeguards to catch a gang of dune buggy drivers who are terrorizing a local beach and who are likely to be behind the disappearance of a congressman's daughter. Hannah. Hannah Blackman. This is going to be a test because I think this sounds like it could be real. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm going to say it's a, it's a Charlie. You think this is a Townsend? Remember it's called <laughs> yeah, Townsend, Townsend or Overby? Yes. <laughs> I think this is a Townsend. This, of course, is season five, episode five. All right. See, what I was thinking, I was like, it sounds so good that he's like, all right, I'm about to write a little Charlie's Angels episode. Like, you know, and <laughs> exactly then like, my thoughts, be Rebecca. His, you know? I was like, this is a trick. It's too good to be it's true. Tricky trick trick on top of a trick. <laughs> Wait, Hannah, your logic was that it was too good to be written by me? No, no, no. My logic was I'm going to, it sounds real, and I'm going to guess that it's real. And if it's not real, then I'll know that your stuff is too good to be true. Wow. Mm, wow. Rebecca, you have to know that Andrew is constantly tricking me <laughs> with his answers. And so now I'm like paranoid about it. Listen, tricksters, watch <laughs> out because I'm coming for you. That's not <laughs> nice. <laughs> it makes his games unwinnable. Yeah, rude. Very bad. I'm doing terrible, though, so. There was only one game that was unwinnable, just for the record. Okay, up next. (laughs) Is this a real episode, or did I make it up? Tiffany is having psychic premonitions about history repeating itself during a costume party. Rebecca. Rebecca. Tiffany is having psychic... Listen. (laughs) Tiffany? Uh Uh-huh. I think you're also going to be doing so many tricks where you're taking the craziest ones and actually you didn't make none of them up. And they're all (laughs) Charlie's Angels episodes. So I'm going to say it's an episode. Tiffany sounds like a name they would use. (laughs) Mm, mm, I'm saying mm, it's mm. it's Townsend. This is, of course, Ah! season four, episode 13. Nice, nice. (laughs) Costume party feels very Charlie's Angels, mm-hmm. you know? They got they love their costumes. I believe that this is a Three Stooges situation where even though there's three angels at any given time, I believe there are about seven in this show because uh, they cycle out. Of course. Mm. But I could have made up Tiffany, for the record. I am that smart. Mm, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tied one to one. Up next, is this an Overby or a Townsend? When a renowned cosmetic surgeon is suspected of giving criminals a new face, Tiffany joins his staff as a nurse while Bosley poses as a rich patient whose wife wants him to improve his looks. Hannah. Hannah Blackman. I think we've reached a point where maybe all of these are real. This is what I'm I'm saying. So I'm going to say this is a Townsend. I don't know. This is, of course, (laughs) season four, episode 21. (laughs) This one sounds really good. Oh I want to watch this one. Yeah, definitely. that one sounds good. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty thrilling. All right, uh, <laughs> Hannah up two to one. Up next, after a friend invites Bosley and the Angels to a small town for a vacation, their arrival is marred by a lack of rooms. Okay, Rebecca. 
Rebecca. Doesn't sound like this is very exciting of an episode, but <laughs> I would be crazy to think it's not real <laughs> at this point. <laughs> I'm going to say it's a Townsend Ridge. All right. This one is season three, episode 13. <laughs> <laughs> Where does that story go? I have Actually, to say this. This act, yeah. No, Rebecca. No, go. tell me. <laughs> I was just gonna say this does sound like the exact kind of episode that I would fuck with, though. Like, if you make this an, if this is an X Files episode, I fuck with. Like a, a bottle episode, kind of like what's gonna happen is this one problem. You know, those are mm -hmm. fun. The so. the thing about this episode, and I was cackling when I found this description, is it it does have more to it, but the first sentence has only this as a problem and then it's like <laughs> also while in town looking for another place to stay gangsters did a murder and it's like lead with that <laughs> <laughs> right seems relevant relevant for sure to the plot <laughs> i really enjoy the ones because this is an interesting way to experience a tv show is just to read the plot synopses and i really enjoyed the ones that were obviously flashback episodes where they were like Charlie asks the angels how they enjoyed this season of adventures. <laughs> <laughs> this season of... I'm always reflecting on my season of adventures. Ah, uh, spring. <laughs> Tied two to two, up next. Rich widows and widowers are hypnotized into thinking their deceased spouses still manage their business affairs from the other side. Hannah. Hannah Blackman. Uh, I think this is a Townsend. At this point, maybe this is a Jeopardy style who can buzz in faster type of game. Right. This is, of course, season one, episode <laughs> season 11. Season one? Wow. What are you guys doing? This one I took me, I rich widows and widowers are hypnotized into thinking their deceased spouses still, why? Why are their deceased spouses still managing their business affairs from the other side? So someone else could manage their business affairs? <laughs> and they're tricked. Do you know what else happened? Yeah, it it seems really roundabout. At at time of recording, Vertigo has been knocked from the number one film on the Sight and Sound poll to number mm. two, which I think is great. It's always bothered <laughs> me about Vertigo. The people are like, it's so good, it's so interesting, and then the the plot in the movie, if it goes well, is they're like, we'll make him think his girlfriend's a dang ghost and a rich one. <laughs> Oh, that's sick, dude. I think it's pretty sick. <laughs> <laughs> I might. Buy I think they're tackling it. some really interesting stuff about grief here in this mm -hmm. episode. Actually, <laughs> season one goes off the fucking rails because season one, episode ten, is that dune buggy thing. All right, <laughs> Hannah, three to two. For now. Up next, two young girls from Tiffany's old sorority, Kappa Omega Psi, have been kidnapped to be sold as white slaves to a sheik. So Tiff and Chris return to college. Rebecca. Rebecca. <laughs> Quite unfortunately, this is going to be a Townsend original. <laughs> <laughs> Only those crazy guys in Hollywood could come up with something like this. Yeah, it would, it would be very telling if all the ones I made up were like, they're sold into white slavery. <laughs> <laughs> this is, of course, yeah. season four, episode 10. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going back to college feels like a season four thing. <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shake things up a little bit. <laughs> Tied three to three. Up next, 
The angels go to trucking school to investigate an all-female trucking line whose cargo has been stolen under their very noses. Anna? Hannah Blackman. I'm going to say this is a Townsend, <laughs> and I imagine this episode has a lot of, like, ladies covered in grease. And, and like, also, like, ways. lesbian stuff mm. vibes, right? That They're like, that's what they're leaning into here, I think. They're yeah. like, what if, what if lesbians? <laughs> Can you imagine it? This is our yeah. final question. Rebecca, do you have a guess as well that you'd like to throw out there? Um, like, this whole time, even though I know it's Townsend. I really want to throw a wrench and say it's you also. I'm like, there can't, there has to be one. Maybe this is my one that I'm like, fuck it, go for it. I'm going to say it's a, it's a you. At the end, I'm it's like, an and I wrote Charlie. Yeah. I was on the writing staff. I look amazing for my age. I think that, yeah, this is the one that even though I know in my bones, I'm wrong. I just have to say that. Just to, just to be crazy. Mm -hmm. I hear you. Yeah. This is, of course, season yeah. four, episode two. Wow. Wow. What? Who stole the cargo? Oh, no. <laughs> we'll never know. We'll have to watch the episode. We'll never know. Out. Shit. Oh, my goodness. What I was really getting from that game, though, was that you weren't willing to be creative today. You weren't willing to be an artist today and a writer. Okay. You said, eh, I'll just do that. You did, These are crazy no, no plots to come up with. I don't blame you. You're competing with some very complicated things. Well, uh, Rebecca, I am uh, desperate to continue to trick Hannah, even though we do these like every episode. And I have done ones where like, I was like, is this a real passage from the novelization you read or right. is it not? And a few of those stumped you, Hannah. That's correct. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. I thought because I'm so naturally creative that the surprising <laughs> thing would be a dearth of creativity. Well, I mean, what I, I would be remiss to like not point out right now, like what you are describing does seem to be abuse that you are doing to <laughs> Hannah. <laughs> 